0: Are you someone who loves the ocean, climate solutions, sustainability, and marine biology? Hi, I'm Carissa, a marine biologist and co-host of Sustainability in the Sea, a podcast for ocean people looking to find their way in ocean conservation. We sit down with wave makers doing awesome work to protect our blue planet, and you can listen to their story to help you
1: build yours. Find us wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome to Climify, the podcast that connects climate scientists and design educators together so that we can help combat our climate crisis
2: in our classrooms.
1: The discussions on this program are geared to help you climify your syllabi to assign projects that not only teach design fundamentals, but also can have a positive impact on our climate.
3: Hey everyone, this is Mark O'Brien. I'm the co-founder of Climate Designers. This is a very special Climify episode. Normally, Eric takes the mic and interviews amazing guests, but today it's my turn. I teach part-time at California College of the Arts in San Francisco, and I teach a class called Climate Designers. This is a class that I've created. I've been teaching it for a handful of semesters now, and I teach it in the interaction design and graphic design department, both in the grad and undergrad programs. And tonight, I have a few of my students uh, taking the class this year. We have Noah, we have Colin, Meredith, and Krishna.
2: My name is Noah Ahrens, and I'm in my last year at California College of the Arts, uh, and I'm studying interaction design and minoring in computational practices. And uh, I'm from all over California, but mainly lived in San Diego area. And then you can find me uh, on LinkedIn at Noah Errands or uh, at my website, NoahAhrens.com. My name is Colin Chan. I
4: am a junior in the Interaction Design programs here at CCA. I am minoring in computational practices as well. And I come from Singapore. So yeah, it's been a long way, a long journey, but I'm excited to be here at CCA. And uh, my personal website is colincreate.design.
1: I'm Meredith Bond and I'm also a graphic design senior, uh, my last year here at CCA. My hometown is uh, Carmel, California, not too far off from here, just the Monterey Bay. And you can find me at weredith.com or at weredith on Instagram.
0: Hi everyone. Uh, I'm Krishna Nair. Uh, I'm a graphic design major here at CCA and in my final year. Uh, I um I come from New Delhi, India, so it is also a long way, and uh, you could find me on my website, which is krishna.nair.myportfolio.com.
3: So I would love to, before we get into the nitty-gritty of the, the topic of climate change and design, I want wouldn't, to wouldn't go around and just ask why you all chose your design major? What ma- motivated you to follow this career path? Uh, Meredith, let's start with you.
1: So choosing graphic design, um, felt sort of like a, I felt like a serious way to really focus my art. I mainly came from an illustration background, just as a hobby and multimedia. I, I chose graphic design to help me stay disciplined in my artistic process and career. And so I could have more opportunities to learn digital tools to make my work. And it also broadens my opportunities for job specialties down the line. I think it's, um, it really helps me learn how to communicate what I want to convey and as a message in my art as well. So it was kind of just finding something that was really clear in an artistic sense.
3: And what about you, Colin?
4: <laughs> <laughs> um, it's pretty funny my journey. Uh, I basically grew up in the internet age and a lot of things were coming along. Tech was building up its forefront and I chose to kind of dwell into interaction design because I was fascinated by how things come together. And, you know, when I was young, I used to be really creative for coming up with ideas to solve different problems. Like I'm kind of like the problem solver in my family. So coming into my future career, I want to figure out a way that uh, we can design our future, uh, design a world that we want to see for ourselves. So what motivated me to follow through with interaction design is because like every single day there's something new coming out with this space. It's so exciting. There's a lot of vibrancy. There's a lot of opportunity, and I think that it's kind of like a two-way thing where I am designing for the future, but at the same time I'm learning by about how things are changing in the industry. And as we move along into the future, I like to keep up with how things are moving. So like learning about things while making things happen at the same time. So that's a pretty exciting. Thing that I'm looking at in a future.
2: Yeah, very exciting. And Noah, what about you? Yeah, I was actually originally coming in as a graphic design major. uh, And I I actually went to a project-based learning high school where we did a lot of uh, graphic design work and just tech work uh, in general. And But I always love like the problem solving and um, thinking through kind of how people interact with the world and with each other and uh, the different systems in place. And uh, I found out that there was a, a program and a major for that uh, called interaction design. And I really wanted to focus on like how design, uh, how things work together, not just how, how they looked uh, and, and really design um, the way that things work. So that was kind of my pull towards interaction design. And what about you, Krishna?
0: Well, uh, as Meredith, uh, picking up where Meredith left off, um, the reason I chose graphic design as my major was... Uh, because I knew that it would give me, it would provide me a platform to explore a bunch of specialties within graphic design. And so that's where I came from. And I just also love visually representing things that I think. And I thought that graphic design definitely just met that way of thinking.
3: So I'd love hearing about your reasoning behind choosing your major. And so now that you're in it, and many of you are in your last year, how well is your program preparing you for this career after CCA? You know, what's working? What do you think that they can improve upon uh, within the major? Uh, Meredith, I'm going to hand over to you.
1: Um, It was kind of hard to sort of synthesize my thoughts on this. I feel like I could go on about it, but uh, I'll, I'll try my best. I think in terms of how well the graphic design program is preparing me for my career, it's it's hard to say because I haven't had that career outside of schooling and um, I can't be completely sure. I, I know the outside world is much different than how the classroom is run and I appreciate my professor's honesty in discussing our work, even if it's brutal sometimes. Um, And I think the explorations of the research and trying to figure out why um, you know, they really push us in that, but sometimes it's like it feels more of a, a self journey, which you know has its pros and cons of being a personal thing to have on our own to try out. But, um, sometimes I wish I had more guidance on that, just in, in the way that it's run here. I think that, um, it's, I, I see it mainly as a source. I see CCA and the program, the graphic design program, as mainly a source to find criticism and guidance, but the rest is really a self-journey. And I think for improvements, like I wish that there could be more learning the tools and just resources um, instead of just being left to our own devices a majority of the time.
3: And Christian, I'm wondering if you can follow up since you're also in the graphic design department.
0: Oh, yeah. Um, as Meredith also said that um, I could go on and on about what could be improved. But one thing I will commend the graphic design department at least is the workload. As a person who's had some experience outside of school, I would say the workload and the rigorousness of the curriculum itself ha- is has prepared me and I think is doing a good job preparing other students to keep up with the environment that's fast paced in a work setting or a formal work setting um but one thing i would say they could improve on is their professional practice classes i feel like either there should be more of those or that should be ingrained within our current curriculum because having this class open to me so they was just hard for me to find opportunities earlier instead of like in my final fourth year you know but yeah that's my take on it
3: yeah I feel like that's a whole other episode on professional practice within design schools I can talk forever about that (laughs) and uh, what about the two interaction design students what about you Colin
4: yeah, I think that the interaction design uh, program here at CCA is comprehensive in identifying one of the fundamental frameworks of interactions that we designers need to understand. Uh, one of the focuses that I appreciate about having in my course is the focus on listening more so than uh, dictating what should go into a design. And being out there in the community is something that I always appreciate, having the opportunity to talk to people on real issues, real contacts and real environments, that really helps you in the design thinking process. Um, And I think that the entire scope of starting off with, you know, the fundamentals of the different design thinking processes, and then moving on to advanced applications on how we can put forward our skills, that is a nice progression to have. And I think that personally, you know, it helps me with that transition into the career uh, environment when we need to apply these skills. Now, what I feel could be improved on in the future is for, The opportunity to give students the space to take a step back from all the different nitty gritty tasks that they're doing in school and just focus a bit more on who we are as an individual, as a designer, you know, where do we fit in terms of this broad industry and broad um, spectrum of different areas that we can work at. I think that it is important for designers ourselves to find our place, to find what we are truly passionate about. And sometimes in the rigor of like this fast paced environment that we're in at CCA, it's sometimes
2: very easy to lose track of who we are sometimes. Yeah. Adding on to that, um, as a, in my last year in the interaction design program, I think that's really where that starts to come in. Um, doing our year long thesis, uh, you really have to, you know, really decide what type of designer you want to be and what type of topics you're interested in, in focusing on and in tackling. And um, and just in general, I want to say that the the classes at at CCA, um, especially in interaction design, one thing that I really liked about it, and kind of what led me to come to this uh, school to study design, was the future focus of the classes. And I had a class uh, focused on the metaverse; like the whole topic of the class was on the metaverse, uh, which was really interesting and just kind of tapping into some of these you know future focused topics and. Um, some of the you know different things that we might have to face in our future careers where technology is going has been uh, something that's been really working well. And uh, I mean, we learn everything from the history of design all the way to you know things like the metaverse of where where it could go. Uh, and then I think another thing that I really commend it uh, for is just addressing different ethical issues. And I think a lot of the classes um, do focus on ethics and kind of bring those topics in. Um, but another thing is it it really varies diff- by professor. And it's kind of a, an interesting um, program because of so many different professors that come with you know completely different backgrounds and different uh, job experience and also design strategies um, that they teach. And you know you've had people come from the big corporations and uh, come from you know small startups. So it's really a variety of of perspectives. and i I, I really like that about uh, the program. Uh, in terms of improvements, I think, there's a little bit of a focus on kind of the the big company um, post-grad job. And I think that's one thing that I, I always kind of thought about going into the interaction design program is like, what, you know, what big job do I want after college? Um, but now I'm kind of focused more on what other different career paths are out there for me and, and what really is going to fit for me rather than, you know, what's going to be the most glamorous design job out there that everybody's kind of going for. So I think that's something that uh, they can do a little bit better on earlier in the in the program is just really set the stage for figuring out, you know, where our place is going to be in, in the design world and uh, not focusing so much on those glamorous uh, type of jobs. And then as well, just teaching us kind of like the graphic design program said, teaching us more of the technical things. Uh, I, I came in knowing a bit about design and knowing a bit about how to use different programs. Uh, but I know there's plenty of students that didn't. So I think that's something that you know, coming in with those those technical skills. And even within the, the four years that I'm going on, that I've been at the school, programs have changed so much. And the way we do things have changed so much. I think kind of addressing that throughout is important as well. Um, if I may add
4: to what Noah was talking about, um, about keeping up with important issues like ethics. One thing I appreciate about CCA's curriculum in general is that they are really good at keeping keeping things real in terms of the topics that we talk about in our projects, in the contemporary issues that we're discussing about. There is a lot of relevance to all the different kinds of uh, concerns that we face as a humanity. Uh, One thing that's always talked about, because we are in the Bay Area, we're talking about uh, equities, you know, um, talking about sensitive topics like race, um, identity, culture, uh, indigenous identities as well. That is something that I find that in my personal experience, you don't get in a lot of education standards because most tends to focus on more generic examples, but being able to listen to what's going on in the world around us, around the community, and finding real solutions to help resolve those issues, that ties in a little bit more about the contemporary aspect on how can we use our skills to fix the issues that are happening around us right now
1: hearing from the interaction designers and from that major, I'm realizing now just I wish CCA had more um, interdisciplinary classes where there's more, I think it happens in like the humanities and sciences, those classes that we have in addition to our studios. But I don't know if everyone always takes those seriously. And I think just in this class that I've had with you guys and talking to more interaction designers, you guys have like a different way of talking about Um, approaching your audience and not just approaching but actually communicating and um, I don't know more empathetic and understanding and I don't know if I've really gotten that out of graphic design and uh, same with you guys talking about learning about equity and or not well yeah the ethics of different issues Um, I don't know if I can relate to that from the graphic design sense I don't know Krishna you felt that in our program but I don't know I feel like I'm missing out now um yeah um
0: I've uh definitely felt the same way about like definitely the ethics part there's no ethics ever covered in our classes about graphic design ever and I also appreciate the fact that you brought this up about the interdisciplinary classes it's just I've been taking one and I've had to interact with people outside my major but I think what could be even more successful than having just an interdisciplinary class is having more group projects and especially within the interdisciplinary section itself because as an artist you're not you're most likely not going to only work with people within your field you're going to work with people like illustrators and copywriters and like animators so it's just Even if there are group projects within the graphic design community, it's like not it's it's not a new experience of any sort, if anything.
3: A lot of great stuff was just shared over the last few minutes. And maybe this is a great segue to dive a little bit deeper into our class, into the climate designer's class. But I just want to kind of highlight a handful of things that was just shared. You know, we're talking a lot about like the big hard conversations and topics that some of us are learning about like ethics and others are not and so how do we bring that into the design school right we're talking a lot about how like who we are as young designers um, who are we as individuals and how does that play a role in how we become designers and where we spend our energy and where we put our talents right after we get out of design school the world's your oyster but like that can also be a very daunting thing and so having a sense of identity or purpose where what are your values and where do you want to you know where do you want to put those values towards you know that's that's a lot of stuff right there too right talking about working for big you know typical companies right you know we're in San Francisco Silicon Valley we have the Facebooks and the Googles of the world right but you know what about the the smaller companies what about those that really need designers Uh, We're talking about group projects and cross collaboration, understanding the importance of working with other people that are outside of your your program, your your specialty, your industry. Right. And I think a lot of these things actually surface up in our climate designers class. And that's something I hope to bring each and every semester to students who take the class or all these things that you're getting a little bit of it here, a little bit of it there. But in the climate designers class, we're bringing all of this together to really create a unique experience with the semester, right, with us working in group projects, working with other students uh, in other majors, um, talking about things like ethics Um, We're going to be talking about greenwashing, we're going to be talking about, I mean, we've already talked about things around capitalism and colonialism at the start of the semester. We're talking about, um, yeah, a lot of these big companies contributed to the climate crisis, you know, there are designers that are working within these big companies. So how can we as designers support those smaller companies or other organizations trying to, to reverse some of the damage done by those big companies. And so, I'm wondering, maybe this is a segue into talking a little bit more about climate and design within CCA. So I would love to ask, you know, do your instructor, I'm sorry. So I want to ask, do your instructors or departments address our climate breakdown in school at all? And if so, how do they talk about it? And do they cover it effectively?
1: Um, oh, you can go Krishna. Oh, thank you. Um, uh, I would
0: say our professors don't really cover it I've only come across it very recently in my packaging class but it but it wasn't like a requirement that was there we have a specific project for sustainable packaging and I feel like that's I admire that there is a separate project for that but how about We made that like a general rule across all projects to make sure to have the most sustainable packaging you can possibly have as like a baseline, you know, and not a separate thing that you need to do and go out of your way for in your design system.
3: Right, so more of like a foundation throughout the whole semester as opposed to an add-on.
1: Yeah. I'm in the class that uh, Krishna is talking about, the packaging design class, and it's just one project that's called sustainable packaging. And um, I wrote down to talk about this also that, um, yeah, I I don't really hear this talked about in class ever, just only in passing when we say, oh, for these mockups, we can do sustainable packaging. But that's really just finding a picture online. And it looks like the mockup is made with craft paper. And it's like, oh, that's... That's recyclable, but it's kind of just, you know, a kudos rather than a really um, in-depth talk about why that even matters. It's sort of like a, a good job, a thumbs up for thinking about it, but not really, you know, going into why we should keep doing this and find more ways to actually be sustainable.
2: Yeah, jumping off of that, it seems like the, the kudos thing. It seems like when I uh, originally was kind of coming to school and um, there is like a big focus on social issues and just being an art school. There's a, a large kind of activism presence within the students and within the school itself. And they are very focused and in, in highlighting that the um, you know, students doing work around social issues and kind of highlighting that in their uh practices. Uh and then within the classes, we definitely do, uh, I would say we we kind of bring up some of those buzzwords. We bring up, you know, climate design or, or climate change. Uh, we bring up climate change and we bring up um, you know, different things like that. Um, but I had a project specifically with one of my classes where we did, we were kind of told, you know, you're going to do a climate change project and you're going to um, use VR to design this climate experience um, that that focuses on kind of um, the education. But I think what, what was hard for me in implementing some of those um, projects is it felt like I wasn't really making an impact. felt like I was kind of making like a kudos type of thing um, to the the cause, and it it also felt like it was kind of a trend, a thing that like everyone's doing, so we gotta do a project on climate change., uh, so it didn't feel like we were really actually going into the issue and uh, focusing on like what we can do to make a difference, uh, which was something that I was a little apprehensive about going into uh, this class into climate designers. Uh, and I think one way that 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 can kind of be turned around is uh, focusing on the issues and and really empowering the students and focusing on kind of the the big uh, things that people are out there doing to solve this problem.
4: Yeah, I will highlight that um, I believe CCA has sustainability as one of its core values. I mean, some things that we can see within our culture is the idea of reusing materials, um, using scraps efficiently. You know, if you go to our bathrooms, we have compostable uh, tissues, um, you know, waste papers and whatnot. But it seems to me that the issues about climate within this context of talking about social issues, it's more like a want more so than an absolute need. For example, in the product that I have, I've done, uh, we talk about better ways of doing things through using more eco-friendly materials. But why can't it be something that is pushed forward from the beginning? Like what can we go for and say that, hey, we should use sustainable materials from the beginning. Um, I did a systems class last year for my sophomore year. And so part of the issue that we we're investigating is you know, different social, you know, um, equi- uh, social equity issues, um, different things that are, are in need of uh, rechanging and rethinking. But I didn't see that climate was a factor of the entire scope. Um, it was more like a personal interest that I decided to dwell into um, talking about furniture and food waste and this is why right now in my in this climate design class, I am bringing up food waste again because it was from those two opportunities that before that I came up with that I was able to draw interest in that. So I'm hoping that in the future, that when we talk about social issues in class, we can bring up climate as something that's important as well because that surrounds all of the other issues that we're talking about. You know, without a proper climate system or without a good support system in terms of the climate space, we won't have a lot of other things that we are trying to strive for. Right, highlighting
3: how connected everything is and how, how climate does affect everything. Um, I wanna I wanna jump to a question here. And Noah, you made me think of this. So with with us being a few weeks into the fall semester and with your knowledge of solutions and approaches and addressing our climate breakdown, what climate topics or types of projects would you like to see more in your classes. Noah, you brought up a a project, Colin as well. So, you know, think of this as like your dream project. Um, So again, like with your understanding of climate science and the solutions and approaches that you've done research on in the course of our class, what would be some projects or topics that you would like to see in your departments?
2: I can uh, jump on this one. I think one of the big things, like kind of how I was mentioning in my uh, last class, I think something that kind of made the project um, not feel as engaging was the fact that it, I didn't see any action really being sparked by that. And it kind of felt like we were uh, going through the motions of how one would design something to educate people, but no, no one was educated during that project. Uh, It was more just designing an app that could educate someone. So I think uh, to, to really push that forward and get people in the practice of actually making change happen and, uh, really impacting this in a positive direction. I think it's it's proje- projects that surround taking action and projects where uh, you know there's less of just general awareness. You know, creating like the poster or you know, but actually, where are we putting it up? What is pe- what are people doing when they see the poster? It's more of that kind of stuff. So I think really action based uh, projects and projects that are measurable, so we can actually see you know what what do what we're doing out there and see the contribution that we're making. Um, so I, I would say something, you know, to see policy changes being made, or to see people's minds, you know, being changed in in some sort of a measurable way, I think would be a really cool project. Um, and in terms of topics, I think just pushing past that that general awareness and and more towards some of those solutions.
0: Noah, um, about the part where um, you talked about systems thinking and how your work. How, what role your work plays in the world? Um, I've not had that the same experience as you have, but I will say it was later in the program because I took this class in my third uh, junior year. It was my typography information class. And over in that class, it definitely honed in the idea of systems thinking. And how we had to first decide on how our project will be presented and how it would interact with people and then move on to the design. And I feel like that sort of system is also something that could be replicated uh, throughout across all classes to just think about that first and then make your designs because how people interact with your work will inform your design decisions. And it at the end, it will probably also save you time versus you. Designing a poster, testing it out, and then making changes.
3: Yeah, I'm hearing two things uh, from Noah and Krishna. You know, you have the you have kind of the, the the first step of educating yourself as a designer, right? Educating yourself as as someone who's going to be t- uh, tackling this project brief, understanding where your project might live in the world, understanding the systems that are in front of you based on this space, this industry, the, the place that you're working in. And then you do the thing, right? You design the thing. <laughs> and then the the other thing I'm, I'm hearing too is like what happens after the fact? You know, what is that call to action we would want people to take when they engage with the thing that we design? And then how do we measure that impact once that call to action actually happens? And so I think there's like these bookends, right, that we're talking about. It's the it's the education where we see uh, this potential solution live in the world and how that existing system interacts with, with all these different nodes, right, and how our new design or new approach or solution fits into that. And then, yeah, like I said, what happens after the fact. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really glad you're bringing these two up. Um, Colin and Meredith, if uh, what about you? What what kind of topics or projects that you, would you like to see in your classes?
4: Yeah, I will start and I would say that one thing that I find really interesting in identifying the um, the spaces that we can work with in terms of what we want to tackle, the top, uh, top, uh, the type of issues that we have in our world, I see that's three different layers. So at the top of the layer that I'm seeing is the issues that are related with our spaces. So meaning how can we port um, things in advanced technology? like the metaverse, um, you know, experience design or AI, um, things that would generally gain experience that are directly relevant to our career. The second layer I see is kind of like contemporary issues that we are dealing with. So we're talking about community equities, talking about the sensitive issues around identity and race. And the third issues are personal things that we feel are important. So I believe when we're talking about the climate space, everyone is aware of what is going on. We have been hearing a lot about the the doom and gloom of what's going on around our world, how things are worsening. And I feel that a lot of us are aware in some level of the things that are going on, but we don't find an invested space that we can practice our skills. So I believe that the education system can be made better if we receive that level of support where we are able to advocate for spaces that we find are relevant to us within the climate space. And we can work on projects that can create more definitive action so that there is a sense of intentionality on like why are we designing the things that we're designing and uh, what kind of things that we want to see in our design future. I think that helps create a really nice balance and really nice focus on what does it mean to be a designer?
1: Yeah, with um, what can really be a good project for all of us to come together, I- just with what uh, Krishna and I think Noah were talking about earlier, just getting to see the vision in real life. But now, just from this conversation and thinking about it, I I don't know if this is this will make sense when I say it, but I don't think a lot of I think we need to step back from design and how things look and creating systems. Maybe, maybe it's more just learning how to actually talk to people. A lot of good things sure. in this world and people that really help each other there's no poster there's no t-shirt or there's no I don't know really cool typography or there's no like app that does that it's just how does this person look me in the eyes and tell me how they feel and I don't know how to make that a project other than like a really in-depth research of just writing and um, learning how effective language is and learning empathy just so much focus on sketching things which i get is we're going to a design school and that's the trade that we're learning it's a very specific skill but it means nothing if we don't really step back from it and learn about the community that we're in and outside of the community like if we're just talking to a bunch of other designers that are looking how things look are we criticizing um i don't know the effectiveness to a broad scale or like what if it just means something to one person that we're talking to maybe i I'm all over the place with my point here, but maybe I'm trying to get it across. <laughs> I don't know.
3: <laughs> no, I, I totally hear you, Meredith. And and I think what you're saying is so on point. Not everything that a young designer needs to work on should be a design project. It doesn't have to have a design output. And, and not even a young designer, just any designer. And I think what you're touching upon are the soft skills or human skills that designers from all walks of life from any age need to really possess in their in 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 their skill sets right these tools in their toolkit you know you talk about empathy you talk about listening you talk about working with community you know there's a there's a phrase I tend to go to often is design with not for designing with the people that are going to be engaging in the thing that you're creating Noah I always get on you in class you know calling people users and that's a term that many designers do use, especially in the interaction design department. You know, let's think about the users, right? Or the customer or the consumer. These words that we use belittle the people that are actually engaging with the thing that we use. We're human beings, right? We have emotions, we have feelings, we have experiences, right? And so I think what you're getting at, Meredith, is, you know, how do we how do we learn these other skills that can only better our design output? And sometimes, you know, we might not even design anything. It could just be the fact that we create the container. We create the space for you and the community to come together and just have conversations. And maybe that is enough. We don't need to design the poster, the website, the app. It's really just designing that experience, that, that, that opportunity for people to come together to, to learn about one another, to understand why some people look at other people in a different way. And I think that's one of the reasons why this country, the U.S., is so divided right now because we're so angry at one another. We don't want to even consider the idea of sitting down and talking to one another because we have all these external factors contributing to how we view other people, right? And, you know, and and design has played a role in that, you know, all these memes out there, all these websites, all these videos that creative people have put together to sow division, among our our country and you know we talk about this all the time when it comes to climate change right there's designers that are working for fossil fuel companies There are designers that are working for organizations that are denying or delaying climate action and so as we talk about in class all the time designers shape culture we play a huge responsibility we have contributed negatively to the climate crisis to a lot of the challenges and struggles that we face in this country. But if we really understand not just the creative tools in our toolkit, but the other tools, Meredith, that you were talking about, if we really understand how to use those, then I think we can really contribute in a positive way towards taking climate action. We can contribute in a positive way towards addressing some of these big, gnarly issues that doesn't look like a poster, <laughs> that doesn't look like a website, right? So, um, yeah, I just want to open up the floor if, if any of you have any other thoughts on this. I think we're getting to some really meaty stuff here, and I uh, would love to hear any other thoughts.
1: Um, I wanted to add on. My professor was talking about this the other day. Uh, he, my professor talked about how he would volunteer at a soup kitchen every now and then, maybe like once a month, and he'd invite his design friends. And, you know, all of them were too busy to come to the soup kitchen and, I think he tried to get his like he used he used to be able to take his students as a uh, field trip to go volunteer at the soup kitchen just to talk with people and just I don't know be in the actual space and serve people and talk to them um, but he wasn't able to do that anymore I don't know I think with COVID restrictions but as for his like design friends the only person that he was able to actually you know volunteer with him wanted to try and make the soup kitchen like a design project I don't know turning into some sort of advertisement or turning into a design studio or something to get design in there and he was saying like why does there need to be design in this place we're just we're just in the soup kitchen we're just serving people food it doesn't need to be the visual design that we all think it has to be
4: yeah
3: just because we can design something doesn't mean we should (laughs) Um, I want to shift gears a little bit and I want to shift gears a little bit and talk about how you're talking about the climate crisis to your peers. I know that the two departments have their own studio within the building of CCA. And so you spend a lot of time there in between classes, working on projects or just hanging out. And I don't know, are are your peers in your departments or even maybe friends outside of school? Are you all talking about this?
2: I would say that um, I think we talk quite a lot about climate issues, but it feels very separate from our own lives. So it feels like it's there and it's something that uh, I think a lot of us are very aware of and really care about, but it's like this thing where it's separate. It doesn't affect us in a real sense uh, is, is the mentality that a lot of us have. I feel like our lives haven't yet been largely impacted by climate change in such a negative way where people are really driven to do something uh, as kind of COVID impacted people's lives. Um, and I think that's something that a lot of times drives people to just acknowledge it and almost talk about it as if it's something that's kind of popular to care about rather than to really Put themselves in positions to make change, Um, and I've noticed that. And I think there are definitely people who really care about this issue and who do want to make change. I think it's a a large part of our population in this generation, and I think people are are primed for it. I think we care about it, and we have the awareness that it's happening and that it's going to impact us in pretty large ways if it hasn't already. And I think we're just right at that place where we need some sort of a collective push to really get us to make those changes, whether it's, you know, putting our, ourselves in positions of power and uh, really getting that momentum going. But I think we're, we're at that place right before really driving to make change.
4: Yeah, touching on like what Noah mentioned, I really like when Noah mentioned that the climate issue to our friends and ourselves, sometimes it feels separate to what we're focusing on. And I see that um, it's kind of like we feel that, or rather we see that the climate issue is separate from us but also separate from one another. So the idea that uh, we have individual feelings and individual thoughts about climate, um, it's kind of like we have it in our own bubble and people don't like talking about it because they fear that they can be called up for their different things that may or may not, oh, sorry, that may not be necessarily something that is climate friendly. So I think that it is, it is a good way to be uh, in a design school where we are able to talk about these issues within the setting of plants because we are invested in creating something to resolve those issues but beyond there I'm not sure if there's any clear spaces that you know actively would bring people together in a supportive setting to talk about all these different things because we've been so caught up with so many other things that are happening around the world like right now we're talking about inflation you know rising prices um, um you know even racial inequalities all these issues are still happening but people lose sight of what is important sometimes. And I feel that, you know, when we're talking about all different projects in school, maybe we can bring that back. Maybe we can create a space where climate can be the focus after all.
1: When when I talk about the climate crisis with either friends at school or outside of school, it feels very nihilistic, honestly. It's kind of like, I don't know, we all feel very powerless in it. We say like, oh this is, this is all horrible. Like the more we learn, I I, I don't know if, if I necessarily agree. Like I, I think with the fact that, um, I don't know if I agree with the people around, um, one moment. I think the people around me definitely see that climate change is affecting us a lot, just with how much the weather changes. It's not just like, oh, it's too hot. Like it's uncomfortable. It's, can't even do anything. And I think, um, just with day-to-day life like that, of comfort of being able to sit and you know, have a nice temperature of doing my day-to-day life, what can I do about that right now? And it it feels almost silly where it's like, okay, I got a log on my computer that takes up electricity, and i I could you know you could get down bogged down on the details of everything, but um talking about the climate crisis feels, almost like this insurmountable issue that is so hard to deal with like as one person or even with just a group of people without thinking about uprooting your whole life and really dedicating yourself to it because I think that's what would have to be is just changing so much of our lives and giving up luxuries honestly to actually really have an effect on it you know
0: um even picking up uh, what you were talking about, Meredith, about like just day-to-day life and like de- wanting to sit outside at like a nice temperature. Like even today, it's like October right now and it was 26 degrees Celsius, which is I'm assuming about like high 70s in Fahrenheit. But it shouldn't be that hot of a temperature, especially this time of year. And it's like very unusual and out of pattern But I also feel like people sometimes overlook that in places like SF, just because SF is also known to be cold and windy. So when you do have like a whole nice week of good weather, people just dismiss it and be like, oh, we got lucky. But it's definitely always there at the back of my mind. Like while I was walking up the hill in the heat today with my roommate, we were just like, it's not meant to be this hot right now, is it?
1: Yeah, the weather is something that I think people can relate to the most. Maybe, I don't know if they've been personally affected by it. Um, There's just been a couple storms that have nearly hit family homes. And um, there was like that storm in the Philippines a few years back that affected my family over there. And I was in the Philippines at that time and I just like barely missed it. I almost got caught in the storm and it didn't really hit me until later on when I realized after a few years, like what that could have done to my life, what that could have done to my family's life. And there was a tornado in Tennessee that was like a few cities over from um, where some of my family was. And when seeing it on the news, you can really disconnect yourself from it. And even living in the sea, it's kind of like, oh, maybe it's a nice sunny day, but it is so real. And for other people. And it's, it's hard to put yourself in those shoes. But then it's like when you do, I don't know, what what can you do?
2: I think adding on to that too, something that is pretty strong within at least um, the areas that I'm in uh, and the the type of people I'm around, it seems like a lot of times this issue is something that either people just kind of want to not talk about because it's very like doomsday or they feel like they don't have any control in the situation. So they they don't want to talk about it. And then there's also this mentality that you know, somehow we're going to get out of it. And it's not going to be us that do it. it's going to be, you know, someone else who's going to solve this problem. And I think that's one of the things that a lot of people just kind of, they have this mentality that everything's just going to work out somehow. And that, you know, we're gonna go on living the way we live now, we're gonna be able to access water and food, just, you know, go in our local grocery store, and it'll be there. And I think it's gonna take, you know, because right now, there it's a slow change, you know, we're starting to see, like, more presence of of uh, more vegan foods and different things starting to come up. But I think people are still so used to life as we know it, and haven't really had to make many changes and habits that are really going to help, you know, move this along. Um, but I think it's something that really, it affects us. And I think it's it's going to be, you know, something that we have to all take a part in to really make a change. And we can't have that mentality that you know, we're just gonna be able to take everything for granted much longer and it's it's all gonna be there for us because it's really not.
3: Yeah, and I think that's one of the hardest. Well, there's a lot of hard things about climate change. I think this is what you all are sharing right now. I think what you're all sharing right now is highlighting a handful of things around how hard climate change is, right? It's not anything that we've ever experienced before. It's not any one singular like enemy or cause right there's not any one thing that we can point to and it's also a thing that we can easily just kind of blow off and there's a lot of other factors that play within this idea that it is such a a a hyper object we haven't talked about this in class maybe i'll bring this into class on thursday but you know this We know that this is something, but it's just so beyond our perception of how we see the world and how we engage with the world that we can't really grasp it fully. And I think that's one of the things that (laughs) the climate crisis has going for itself. You know, if this was an easy fix, if this was a software update, if this was a patch we put on a hole, if this was a just swap out. The new, for a new tire kind of easy fix like that then we'd be going on about our normal lives right but it's just this this hyper object that we just can't really grasp mentally and emotionally and i feel like there's things that we do to kind of push it to the side right so you know krishna you mentioned you know uh well san francisco is always cold so people don't mind a warm day here and there. So that's an excuse that they find, right? They've just like come up with some excuse to make them feel like what they're experiencing is okay. Uh, Meredith, you talked about how, you know, it wasn't until you saw it on the news years later that you understood the, the, the severity of what your family went through and other people went through in the Philippines. So even just being removed from it, you know, whether it's a different part of the country or maybe halfway around the world, If we don't really engage with it, I think, Colin, you mentioned it, too, where maybe your peers and you all are maybe just a bit too young to experience life in many different ways so that you don't have a whole lot of experience and engaging with the natural world or with other people. And I'm not saying that is a bad thing. It's just what I'm getting at is if you're if you haven't experienced it firsthand, then you wouldn't understand the severity of this thing, right? Just like how we talk about in class too, you know, with the the environmental movement from decades ago, you know, they would use imagery of of polar bears, right? Well, when was the last time we all saw a polar bear in public? <laughs> so like we don't have that emotional connection. But I think that that's why when we experiencing when we experience things in that way or when we have messaging that really resonates with us, or when there's some sort of personal element tied to the solution or approach, then we care about it more, right? And so this is one of the fascinating things about this, this climate crisis that we're facing is that it's not an easy solution, an easy fix. There's not one way of going about doing this. And I think it's gonna be everyone taking their their part right uh, Noah, i think you mentioned this like everyone thinks that it's just gonna other people are gonna take care of it and if everyone had that thought if everyone thought that their neighbor was going to take care of it and you just kind of go around then no one's gonna take care of it because everyone's th- is thinking other people are gonna take care of it <laughs> and that doesn't get us anywhere right and so i think that design and all of these other industries all these other professions need to really step up and take action and this is my hope in our class climate designers At CCA, where we can encourage you all to see that there is a path for you outside of graduation that you can take to take some form of climate action, whether it is working full time for a small climate startup or a growing organization that is doubling down on their climate impact or whether it's going to a non-climate focused organization or company, and then maybe moving the needle from within, right? I think it's going to be a top-down, bottom-up approach where designers need to really understand their role in whatever industry that they're in, whatever type of organization that they're in. And if you have the frameworks, the processes, the questions, the know-how, the knowledge, the, the, the expertise, um, then I think we can really start to like, do something about it. And so I want to be mindful of time. Um, I want to just, you know, ask an open question. Is there anything that you might want to share that wasn't maybe discussed? Uh, You have the mic. It's your opportunity to talk to the world about your perspective and who you are as a design student who really cares about what's going on in the world. So is there anything that you all want to share that wasn't discussed tonight?
2: I think I will just put an emphasis on uh, sharing the hope and sharing you know where we can really have an impact and an emphasis on, you know, that call to action and uh, really highlighting, you know, the people and the businesses and the companies that are that are doing the work now and that are going to be doing the work in the future and empowering, you know, the future designers and uh, the future employees of those companies to, um, you know, to to rise up and to really spread out their message and and what they're hoping to achieve and I think. Um, there, there's definitely a place for, you know, all of us in this uh, fight, and in this journey. And I think that's something that um, I really want to focus on is just the hope. And, you know, as much as like, yes, we need to be educated about, you know, the serious issues and implications that this crisis is having on on each of us, and uh, especially on, you know, certain communities out there. And in, in this world, and I think we need to definitely focus also on how we can get out of this and the hope and the, uh, the actual, you know, positive impacts that solutions will have on us, you know, past just the climate change uh, and past just solving that issue.
4: I think jumping on what Noah mentioned about empowerment and hope and optimism, I think that the idea of being optimistic about our future is something that we need to uphold in the way that we talk about clim- uh, the climate crisis or even in climate education. And kind of t- turning the narrative from doom and, glo- uh, sorry, doom and gloom to doom and bloom. I think that is really important to focus on what we can do rather than keep, uh, keeping on emphasizing on the idea that our world is going to, you know, to an end, that there's no hope left. I think that we should focus on the idea that there is some opportunity that we can possibly construct uh, you know a reasonable future it may not be the most optimal future that we want to foresee that we may have in the past but we can construct a reasonable future that we can all be satisfied with on that note more doom and bloom definitely
3: um, Colin Krishna Meredith, Noah thank you so much for joining um, this was a great conversation and um, yeah I appreciate it this podcast is written produced and engineered by me. Designed by Bashul Rashik and Mark O'Brien. With social media strategy by Michelle Wynn. Music by Casual Motive. Next time on Climify, I'll be back behind the mic with two recent design graduates who have been through the ups and downs of not only our design education system, but that of the big world itself, looking for and hopefully finding jobs. What have they learned from this process? What did we do right? and Ron as design educators as they entered the workforce, hoping to make a difference. Until next week, keep on doing good work.
1: Thanks for listening to Climify. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. To catch all the latest on Climify, you can follow us on Instagram at Podcast. Climafy is part of Climate Designers. Learn more at climatedesigners.org slash edu.